0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, like, and share so we can find others like yourself. BitcoinProsperityPodcast.com Welcome to the Bitcoin Prosperity Podcast with your host, Gordon, that's me, and Faris from CoinCompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our full disclaimer. Visit BitcoinProsperityPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Bitcoin Prosperity Podcast and this edition we're looking at Bitcoin and macro markets. So it is Sunday the 26th of April, 21.33 UTC time. I am in New Zealand, so it's 9.30am Monday morning here. So the main thing I'm looking at this week across the markets, what I'm actually noticing in a lot of charts is GAPs. So economically, the wheels have stopped spinning. Essentially, the um, world that we live under is one based on consumption and the repetitive behavior of such. So, if you're not going out and spending, you're not fueling what is a debt-based economy. So that is where we are today: is that the hamster in the wheel is no longer running, um, which is why we've had banks basically sending people money, um, which is very little to make a difference. And at some point, that needs to get paid back. Uh, risk assets don't seem to have received the message. We'll look at some charts. And you, if you looked at charts, you'd think that things were looking pretty well around the world. Um, and are we chasing gaps? So we'll go to the wheelchair 4,500. Now, in our last series, we explained that this wheelchair 4,500 used to be called the wheelchair of 5,000. It's basically made up of 5,000 listed companies around the world. They had to change it to 4,500 because we have fewer listed companies now, um, obviously with the big conglomerates taking over smaller ones and fewer new companies coming on the market. So that in itself has never been a good sign of economic growth when you have fewer companies um, being uh, applying to be privatized and to be listed on exchanges. So we saw here we had the top um, at just above 1625. And then we had this huge correction, 20% correction, obviously, with the onset of COVID-19. And you see, I've got this big arrow here. Um, so we've got this gap, big open gap here, 13 um, 13 to 13.60. So we've got a gap there in the Wilshire um, 4,500 and another one even higher, just below all-time highs. So the saying goes, gaps get filled. Doesn't mean they're going to get filled this week, month, or even year, or even decade but I, there is a saying in Marcus that gaps get filled and actually has been proven that gaps do get filled we're seeing the same thing if we move across to the nasdaq so this is the um makeup of the one um tech based 100 tech based industries which has been the darling of this huge bull run so if i zoom out you see this pattern here this trend line this green trend line since the of 2016 So 2015, 2016 was the Eurozone crisis. And then we had, yeah, quantitative easing introduced from those banks. And we've just seen this trend line hold um, since then. So a four-year trend line is something I would pay attention to. Um, That's a nice long trend line. And it's been hit four times since. Um, And then we've got the upper here. So it would be crazy to think we'd be going to all-time highs from here. There is this gap, though, at 9,400, where potentially is what we're going after. And if you look at last week's candle, um, that bottomed and closed near the top. So that's not a reversal candle. That If you look at that chart there, you would think we are going higher and not lower, despite what all the news is telling us. So are we chasing this open gap here in the NASDAQ as well? If I move to the Russell, now the Russell's an interesting one because we've got this gap as well in the Russell, but it's much lower. The gap in the NASDAQ and the wheelchair were way up here near all-time highs. The gap in the Russell is a smaller gap, and it's nowhere near the all-time highs, and that's interesting. So to me, yeah, if the Russell fills this gap here... um and then the Russell rolls over, that could be a leading indicator to the rest of the market. So again, they don't have to get filled. Um, they don't, And if they do, it could be a long way away. But right now, to me, this just looks like markets are risk-on. And it could just be that the fact that, yep, we're printing so much money that we think the Fed has got your back. And here the Russell is key level down here at, Um, 947. We got very close to touching that recently at 962. So there's a level of support there that has held up. Um, And that's a long way away from breaking. When we get closer to that, then we can analyze it. But for now, markets are acting risk on. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think they should be. But that's where we are. We're chasing gaps. Do you want to learn how to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins? CoinCompass.com is running a free two-hour webinar on Sunday, 31st of May. To register and for more details, visit CoinCompass.com forward slash webinar. Okay, we move across to oil. And oil obviously was a big story for last week. Um, I recommend you listen to the Macro Voices podcast. They go into detail explaining oil in far more detail than I actually can. Um But yeah, not signs of an economic recovery. And we spoke about this last time. When oil is down, it basically means that people are not traveling. Um, Truck drivers are not transporting goods. Oil is the world's most traded commodity. So if no one wants it, that tells you, hey, we are not in good times when people do not want oil. So, yeah, it's... You'd spend a couple of hours onto itself just looking at the price of oil. Um, the chart we're looking at now, the USO, uh, US oil, um, that could see some huge changes just this week alone. So another interesting one I wanna look at is the VIX. So the VIX is the volatility index. So we're seeing here the lost last the, um, Friday in the VIX was a huge down day, which basically would have meant that um, People are not anticipating any risk for the next 30 days. And we're hitting this key level here at $36, where it bounced off huge wick down there back on the 24th of March. We break below there. And again, the VIX could be chasing a gap, a gap down here at the $18 to $20 level. So you could say we are looking at potentially one to two weeks of risk on where the VIX is chasing this gap here. And we had the NASDAQ, the Wiltshire, um, also chasing gaps as well, and the Russell. So these are the risky assets chasing gaps. So we could be looking at a potential risk on rally here, which, as I said, makes absolutely no sense to me. But that is what the chart is telling me. Now, if we look at gold, gold has done very well. And um, this is a weekly chart, which is going from... But this is a ten-year, ten-year chart looking at a week on a weekly basis. So this green dotted line here—that was the um, ceiling for gold from 2013 all the way to this year—and we broke through that, and we broke through that uh, with abandon. It was really nice breakout, and we came back. You expected it to come back and test this level. We didn't. Uh, we tested. We came above it. We've got a new support level at 1450. So gold is hitting some resistance up ahead. So we've got this level of resistance just below 1,800. Now, having said that, that resistance is seven years old. So markets have memories. How long those memories last? Anything at five years or later is a pretty distant memory. Um, I would expect gold to pull back at 1,800. Uh, round number, we've got that you know yellow resistance line. Um, and then we've got, the previous all-time highs at nineteen twenty. So, again, um, if you bought gold in two thousand and twelve, would you have hold, held on this long, expecting it to come back? I don't know. So, yeah, there is a resistance there, but it could be weak because it's it's old resistance. It's seven years old. So, interesting to see what gold does. But again, if gold is going up, and gold had a big week last week. Why is gold going up as equities are going up as well? Normally, they're meant to be anti-correlated. You buy gold because things are not well in the world. You don't buy gold as a risk on assets. But that is correlated to the next chart that we will look at, which is yields. So this is a daily chart of the 30-year bond. So as a reminder, if the yield is going down in a bond, that basically means that the bond prices are going up. So you are... Buying bonds because they're seen as a safe haven asset like gold. You know, this is a US 30 bond. So, 30 years from now, you expect the US government to still be there, the US economy to still be running. That's basically what you're gambling on the US government. And we've had this level, we hit this level here at 1.17 on US 30 yields. So, that's to me, looking at all these charts, everything looks pretty scattered. I like gold, even though it's got some resistance up ahead. Um, I wouldn't be adding to my gold positions now if I had some. This to me looks like if you wanted to trade something this week, the US 30 buying US 30 treasuries would be the least risky, least volatile trade. That's what I'm looking at. I, Even though I think equities are going higher, I wouldn't chase them to be honest. It just doesn't make sense to me and it looks far too risky. But yeah, the US 30 here, um, yeah, breaking below this level here and you know, you could be heading way back down to these all time low yields of 0.8%. And that seems obscene, but you gotta remember that in Europe and even in Japan, you've got yields at negative. So you're pay, you're paying the government to hold your money for you. Topsy-turvy world we live in. Euro US, so Euro US had a nice head and shoulders. Um, this is a weekly chart lost in twenty eighteen. Um, we then had this channel that was going down, and these last couple of weeks has been way too volatile. You don't want to be trading this. Um, I just look at this and go, that is just way too erratic. There's no trend there. Um, I believe the US dollar is going higher, but. I'm not going to trade on a belief. That chart is just telling me to stay away. And the other thing I want to talk about is the reason that gold is going up and interest rates are coming down is this chart here. So this is um, assets of the Federal Reserve. So basically the Federal Reserve is just buying stuff. And to do so, they're spending U.S. tax dollars to, to do so. So U.S. debt is going up um, from $4 trillion to $6.5 trillion inside of a month. And that is obscene. That is just a complete disrespect for um, U.S. taxpayers for future generations. And we've done this in the past. So, yeah, there is no exit strategy here. We are actually going to be interviewing Mark Yusko on this very podcast. And this is something I want to ask him about. What is the exit strategy? How in the world are you going to get the world out? How are you going to get yourselves out of this much debt? Because debt implies the future generation is going to pay it. So, Bitcoin. So this is my concern for Bitcoin. Um, We are going up. We had a good week. Um, This low, I was never convinced by. Simply because high volume on a down day, these candles here do not look like bottoming candles to me. They're indecision candles. but we're grinding higher. The problem is we are grinding higher into this downward trend here, that gold line. So, um, and yeah, the other concern is it's basically been really strongly correlated to the NASDAQ. So Bitcoin is not being treated as a safe haven asset. This red line I've just introduced, that's the um, NASDAQ. So if the NASDAQ is chasing these open gaps, Bitcoin is probably just following suit. So we could see the Nasdaq hit those gaps as Bitcoin hits these this downward trend line. So again, if you had Bitcoin, which you should, I would just hold it. I would expect a reversal at this trend line, this downward trend line here, and then we could be revisiting these lows. But yeah, at this stage, I'm not trading Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I just you know we do recommend dollar cost averaging. And, you know, as we always say with Bitcoin, you just buy it for the long term. Um, It is not correlated to a safe haven asset at the moment. It should be. But there's still a huge misunderstanding out there as to what Bitcoin is. So that's why uh, Bitcoin is just not behaving in a manner that it should be as a safe haven asset. It is just still a misunderstood Um, misunderstood currency. Bitcoin looks like it is behaving in a similar manner as a NASDAQ in that we are chasing these gaps in the NASDAQ and Bitcoin is chasing potentially this downward trend line at 9,300 about. Um, So we could see that once Bitcoin gets to about 9,300, that could coincide with um, all those gaps we're looking at get filled. And then potentially we're looking at a reversal in Bitcoin and um, in those equities reversing. Um, yeah, that's, to me, that's the possible scenario playing out here is that you've got low volume, so lower volume here in this rally. So not that many people believe in this rally. And I think when we've had these huge rallies, it's just had huge, huge selling. I mean, you look at that volume there and volume there. Um, so I think that's what's going on. I think we're going to see, yep, a rally in Bitcoin. Hit this trend line that's going to coincide with the gaps in those equity markets that we're looking at. So these next few weeks will basically determine: right, is Bitcoin and indices going to all-time highs, or are we setting up for another rollover in all of them? So as with everything, just live long and hodl. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com/free to register to our socials and discover other free content subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time,